Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This week, the 25th WNBA season tips off with 100 national television broadcasts in 2021, including 25 for 25, a 25-game schedule of telecasts across ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2 in honor of the anniversary of the league's first season, 1997. Google will sponsor those telecasts and serve as presenting partner of the WNBA playoffs exclusively on ESPN networks. Google joined AT&T, Deloitte, and Nike as a WNBA changemaker, a premier sponsorship platform launched in 2020 to elevate women's sports. The league also announced a multi-year extension with CBS, which will present 40 games this season, including three on the broadcast network with the balance on CBS Sports Network and all games streamed on Paramount+. NBA TV will air 35 games, including Friday's opening day tilt at 7 p.m. Eastern as the New York Liberty hosts the Indiana Fever. Also this season, fans can watch live streams of 12 games on Twitter and 20 games on Facebook Watch and Venues on Oculus Quest, and WNBA League Pass offers over 110 games in 2021. On Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Films 144 will premiere on ESPN. The documentary takes you inside the WNBA bubble at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, where 144 players across 12 teams played 147 games last year from July to October. The players dedicated the 2020 season to social justice, and the film explores how the league overcame the COVID-19 pandemic while taking on the demands of activism and the rigors of an unrelenting schedule. Take a listen to the trailer featuring the original song Enough is Enough from Disney music publishing artist, songwriter, and activist, Blush. The WNBA is on its way back. While I'm planting the seeds that our ancestors Playing basketball in a pandemic looks like this. No mask, no six feet apart. To put yourself in harm's way is a scary decision. This is the hardest championship anybody will ever win. The bubble. Mommy! The state of the world. This is where our nation is three months after George Floyd's death. I can't help the way God made me. And there's If we were going to play, we wanted to take our stand on what we believe in. We are dedicating this season to Breonna Taylor. We will be a voice for the voiceless. Because enough is the unity that we were able to experience as players was something that we won't forget and we can lean on as we move forward. Is there a way 144 of us can gather and actually make a statement? I would do it all over again because it's bigger than me. It's bigger than my teammates. One of the key players in 144 is Elizabeth Williams, the longest standing member of the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. Last month, the Sports Business Society at the University of Maryland welcomed Williams to the Maryland Sports Business Conference for hashtag Say Her Name, a season devoted to change. Her agent, Allison Gaylor, the CEO and founder of Disrupt the Game, joined Williams for the discussion. Last summer, U.S. Senator and Atlanta Dream co-owner Kelly Leffler wrote a letter denouncing the WNBA's support for Black Lives Matter. Williams and her team decided to meet and eventually endorse Leffler's opponent, Reverend Raphael Warnock. On August 4th, the Dream walked off their bus in Vote Warnock shirts before the team's first nationally televised game in the WNBA bubble known as the Wubble. 
The general election forced a runoff, won by Warnock, and Williams tells Gaylor the impact his victory had on her while she was playing overseas. I think people take for granted, too, what you guys had to go through in the bubble on the day-to-day, just all day, everyday basketball, dealing with the you know, the stress and the and just the magnitude of, of what you were doing from a social justice perspective and, and the impact that you guys were doing. I mean, those are heavy, heavy things, you know, balancing your mental health, like a uh, sh- short plug for the ESPN films 144 that uh, Chanae is executive producing and he will have have some light in hopefully, which would be will be awesome. And just to shine some light on what what actually, you know, what actually transpired from a like they had a camera in the bubble or we had a camera in the bubble. I was part of it. But anyway, um, do you want to, yeah. Can you touch on just like what that was like to see your impact in real time with the election? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Shameless plug to the ESPN documentary coming out on the, on May 13th. Uh, <laughs> but, oh man. Yeah. So I was overseas in Turkey when, oh, well, I was overseas for the general and for, um, the runoff. So when the runoff happened, I mean, I could honestly barely sleep. Because <laughs> one, I was, I think, eight hours ahead at that point. Um, and two, just thinking about all of the conversations we had, all of the the strategies that we'd come up with. Um, and then thinking about like the heavy stuff, thinking about what it was like talking to Brown Taylor's family to Michelle Cousseau's family, like a lot of uh, victims of police brutality, Sandra Bland's family, like when you combine all of that heaviness with also the power that we had in supporting Reverend Warnock, it was just a lot. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I barely slept. And then finally the results came in and it was not only did Warnock win, but John Ossoff won as well. So it was like, wow, this, like we helped flip the Senate. (laughs) Like there are actually going to be significant changes to be made. (laughs) So I remember coming into practice the next day, like super excited, a huge smile on my face. And one of my teammates, she was like, is this because of all that political stuff you're always posting on your Instagram? And I was like, yeah, like the guy that we supported won, like this is a really big deal. We're gonna see some changes. And then literally the next day the insurrection happened. So I came in, she's like, what's wrong? I was like, just America being America, right? Like I was on this high and then that happened, but uh, it was also kind of a stark reminder of that there's still so much work to be done. You know, like it was just one small victory in the larger war, but yeah, I mean, just a crazy moment thinking about how just unifying and incredibly thankful I am to be a part of this league and a part of women that can make such an impact um, because like moments like seeing the the runoff results are, are really something special. Three weeks after the Dream and other teams wore Vote Warnock shirts, Williams, a member of the WNBPA Executive Committee as Secretary of the Players Association, read a statement when she and her fellow players decided not to play after the shooting of Jacob Blake. ESPN's Holly Rowe introduced Williams. We are here with the Atlanta Dream's Elizabeth Williams, and we have had a development here. The players initially thought they would play tonight, but they have changed their mind, and Elizabeth Williams would like to read this statement. After speaking with representatives from teams playing tonight, as well as our WNBPA leadership, the consensus is to not play in tonight's slate of games and to kneel, lock arms, 
and raise fists during the national anthem. We stand in solidarity with our brothers in the NBA and will continue this conversation with our brothers and sisters across all leagues and look to take collective action. What we have seen over the last few months and most recently with the brutal police shooting of Jacob Blake is overwhelming. And while we hurt for Jacob and his community, we also have an opportunity to keep the focus on the issues and demand change. These moments are why it's important for our fans to stay focused, hear our voices, know our hearts, and connect the dots from what we say to what we do. We encourage everyone to go and register to vote now, today. If you truly believe that Black Lives Matter, then vote. Go and complete the 2020 census now. Don't wait. If we wait, we don't make change. It matters. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. Do all you can to demand that your leaders stop with the empty words and do something. This is the reason for the 2020 season. It is in our DNA. We have been saying her name. We are lifting the names of black and brown women whose murders have been forgotten. We will continue to use our platform to speak of these injustices that are still happening and demand action for change. Black Lives Matter, say her name, say his name. Tonight, we stand, and while we have heavy hearts, we stand with strong and determined voices and ask all our fans to vote, to engage, and to make that difference. Williams explained how the WNBPA made the decision not to play, as the Milwaukee Bucks had done earlier that day. She noted a distinction between the NBA and the W as her colleagues went their own way to support Warnock. She also told Gaylor how she stepped up to deliver the statement. This was a very real conversation happening in real time before the game. Um, But ultimately, we decided that well, one, we decided that we weren't going to play. We felt like this, that the entire day was bigger than basketball. Um, and it actually made a lot of sense to stand in solidarity with the NBA because sometimes we just do things on our own. Like, for example, the Warnock campaign. Like, sometimes the W is separate from the NBA. But in this sense, or in this uh, case, it made a lot of sense. Um, so we decided not to play. And then the next thing was like, okay, but what do we do with that? Right? Like, you, do, you don't want to just not play and then play the next day because <laughs> that kind of defeats the point. Um, and we'd been so tr- strategic in everything that we'd done um, throughout the entire bubble. So we wanted to continue that pattern. And so we said, hey, first of all, we need a reset mentally. <laughs> We've just been playing back to back to back. You know, we were playing every other day in the bubble, literally. <laughs> so. I think everybody needed a mental reset, a physical reset. And then the second thing was like, we need to make sure players are registered to vote. You know, we've been talking about voting and promoting it, but we, we need to make sure that eligible players are, are registered. And so that those were our like biggest priorities. And so once we decided not to play, kind of by the time we made that decision, the people for the 8 p.m. game had already arrived. Um, they had also sprinkle their thoughts in, but it was like, okay, none of the games will be played tonight. And so at that point, um, kind of throughout all of this, I'd been on my phone talking to Terry, the the union director, um, you know, trying to draft a statement because either way, if we had decided to play or not, like we were going to have a statement to be, to be read. Um, so I was on the phone with her kind of drafting it up. And then finally it was like, all right, it's time to say something like we'd kind of made our decision. 
Um, and so that's how I was the one to, to just go out there and say like, on behalf of, of all the entire WNBA, we've decided not to play in tonight's slate of games and kind of this is why, and this is what's important to us. We're gonna continue to dedicate the season, season to social justice, et cetera, et cetera. But um, in that moment, he, it doesn't just happen that you're the person that gets to make that statement on ESPN. It's, and I'm, I'm wagering to guess you weren't raising your hand saying, me, me, me. How in that moment did, did you know, how, did, how does that happen? How do you become the person that delivers a statement? Like you've never delivered a statement live on ESPN. You know, like, how does that, like, how does that happen? You know, how, how did you feel like you were equipped as a leader, you know, and as a real voice of the, like in that moment, I feel like is one of the moments where you, you flip the switch. If I, if I could say that. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair to say. I mean, even by the time NECA arrived, I think just because she'd arrived later, NECA's our union president. So even by the time she arrived, like, I told her that I'd also been talking to Terry. Like, obviously, she'd been talking to Terry, too. Um, so, like, we've been trying to come up with something. And even she was like, yeah, just go for it. Like, you, you were, you've been in this since the beginning. You've been in this. You were the first team here, one of the first players here. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to go for it. I feel like I'm probably the most prepared out of anyone in this room to say something. Uh, and it, it was really appropriate. So, yeah. Before the pandemic, Miller and the executive committee negotiated a groundbreaking collective bargaining agreement, which set the table for their wobble negotiation. I was a player rep for a few years. And then Terry Jackson, the director of our union, said, hey, I think you should think about running on the executive committee. Um, I think your voice would be really helpful. I think a lot of players look, look to you <laughs> when they have questions. So uh, I actually, the first time I ran, I didn't win. I I ran against Monica Wright and she she won the the election. And then the next year I ran again and uh, became the secretary. I, I kind of joke that it's a glorified note taker, but it's obviously much more than that. The executive committee's role is is different than the player reps because we're kind of the direct line with the league. Um, you know, we have more calls, we have more conversations. And so as we new as we headed into this new cba and we opted out of our previous cba it was just constant conference calls constant um back and forth with players in the league we talked about salary and compensation we talked about the player experience travel um kind of all of these things that are really important that you don't necessarily think about as a rookie but as you as you're in the league um, and as you realize that you're a laborer, you find, you know, that are really important. So uh, we we negotiated that CBA and then obviously the pandemic hit, which was was a big blow. But ultimately heading into the 2020 season, it, into the wobble, we had to negotiate what that looked like too. You know, we never dealt with the pandemic. We obviously had this massive level of social unjust that was happening I mean, I think our conversations in the past negotiating with CBA kind of allowed us to say, hey, we've been very straightforward. Um, we've had great communication in regard to the CBA. So we want to make sure that social justice is in the forefront and we're coming at you with really good faith. And I think that's what allowed us to to keep that mentality as we headed into the bubble season. And you were the first league, right, to create a social justice council? Yeah, yeah, we created Social Justice Council. Um, I think it was it was in like June. It was before we even got into the bubble. 
So that was a huge priority for us um, heading into the bubble season. Heading into the final year of her contract with the Dream and free agency following the season, Williams wants to ball out in 2021 when she's rejoined by a fellow All-Star as Atlanta begins play Friday night against the Connecticut Sun at 7.30 p.m. Eastern in a game that will be live streamed on Twitter. Like you said, it was bigger than basketball last season and another shout out to Shameless Plug to 144, the ESPN Films dropping on May 13th because that will shine a light on on everything E, you know, E and her colleagues in the WNBA were able to to accomplish. Um, so what what can we expect? Obviously, like wasn't the best basketball season for the Atlanta team last season. Mm-hmm. We start training camp on Sunday. I think we're nearing the end of our session, so we literally touched on basketball like zero. Uh, <laughs> what, can we, what can we expect from you and you know and your team this season? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this season. Uh, a lot of new pieces, whether it's free agency or through the draft. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Just looking forward to like kind of fresh faces, uh, fresh excitement for the organization and the team. Um, I think it'll be great to have Tiffany Hayes back. She opted out of last season um, and she's just incredible. Also an all-star. Um, and also a vet who's been in Atlanta for a long time. So I know she's excited to get back and kind of get us back to where we need to be. Um, you know, we were one game away from the finals a couple of years ago, so we really want to get back to to that winning mentality. How about you, Elizabeth Williams, going into the 2021 <laughs> season on the court? Since I'm your agent and I'm super annoying with this stuff, and now we have an audience to see it. <laughs> yeah, obviously I want it to be a great season. Uh, it's my last season under contract with Atlanta, um, so I feel like people always ball out when they're about to head into free agency. Okay, um, I'm gonna hold you. Okay, I'm gonna remind you you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just being the best I could be for my team, being a great teammate, kind of what I've done throughout my career. Um, obviously, I'm I'm a little older now, so my roles roles different, but just making sure that we're all on the same page so that we can. We can be successful using that voice yeah <laughs> after williams maryland sports business conference panel dream head coach nikki collin left the team to become the women's head basketball coach at baylor assistant coach mike peterson will serve as the dreams interim head coach working closely with assistant coach darius taylor in addition to premiering ESPN Films 144 on Thursday, the eve of the 25th WNBA season, the network will live stream the ESPNW Summit NYC presented by Toyota from 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern. You can register for the event at nyc.espnwsummit.com and watch it on espnwevents.com, the ESPN app, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The one-day event will convene athletes, executives, and agents for change for in-depth conversations at the intersection of sports, business, and culture. Thank you to the Sports Business Society at the University of Maryland for hosting Elizabeth Williams and Allison Gaylor at the Maryland Sports Business Conference and sharing their audio. Hashtag Say Her Name, a season devoted to change, was just one panel from a two-day event of diverse topics and conversations, including a keynote address by Dr. Jen Welter, the first woman to coach in the NFL. For more information about the conference, follow them at MarylandSBC 
on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can watch the opening conversation between Robert H. Smith School of Business Dean Victor Mullins and University of Maryland head coach Mike Loxley. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.